Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. By Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Leaf Community Arts, connecting cultures and creating community. Leaf's 25th year kicks off at Fall Leaf Festival, October 17th through the 20th. Discover music from around the world. Explore arts and celebrate traditions with family and friends. For more information and to purchase your tickets, visit theleaf.org. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Now, you be sure and visit the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and you can sign up for the travel. You're going to see a lot of great travel news and travel tips and some really fascinating upcoming vacation destination opportunities where you can partner in and, and play with us, actually, with Small Footprint Travels and Speaking of Travel. We're going to be going to Cuba in February 2020, and it would really be such a fun time if you come along. So check out the speakingoftravel.net website, find out all there is to know, and then sign up and come to Cuba. We'll learn to salsa. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on that Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much any podcast platform has Speaking of Travel, so you can just plug in and listen anywhere in the whole wide world, anytime. So, you know, reconnecting, I've been really thinking about reconnecting. There's so many people and places that I just love to kind of connect back with. And reconnecting with your old friends from back in the day, it always feels so fulfilling. So back in late 2015, I had the opportunity to interview Tess Viglin as she embarked on this open-ended journey to explore the world. Well, today I think of Tess as an old friend and think of that time as back in the day. And now Tess is home and officially a resident again of Oregon. And Tess is here with us today. And Tess, welcome back to Speaking of Travel. Hi, Marilyn. We are old friends. And I have to tell you now, I'm like dying to go to Cuba. Oh, well, you must come with us because it is going to be a fabulous trip. And I just want you to know, I'm going to put in a little plug that where we're going on this trip is a little bit different for Americans. It's we're actually going to be traveling in the eastern part of the country down in Santiago and some of the other really fascinating and rural areas and urban areas as well with the Cuban people that are kind of set in time and the most friendly, lovely people you'll ever meet. So I think you should think about it. Well, you know, as you know, Marilyn, I am a huge proponent of getting off the beaten track. 
And, you know, I know there's a lot to be said for going to the places that people know and have always wanted to go and the sites that they've always wanted to see. But I think it's wonderful that you're going to a place that maybe, you know, a lot of other travelers have not been to. I think it's so important to make those connections with people and to really get out into the places that where they don't have a lot of tourists coming through. I think it's it's so lovely and so important. And I just that's fantastic. Well, endorsed. Put it on your to-do list, February 2020. (laughs) (laughs) And Tess, you know, hearing this from you, of course, having traveled so much in about two and a half, three years span of time and visiting, what, over 20 countries and in that time becoming a scuba diver master. I mean, you really were in the rural areas talking and and meeting people. (laughs) So here you are, you are back. And, you know, I feel when I say in the beginning that we had this friendship that now has bloomed, you know, some people have friends for 30, 40, 50 years. Sometimes those friends that are, that you make uh, recently in the past couple of years become your fast, true friends. And now you're back. I want to, you know, we were so, it was so fun being able to interview you and talk to you from the time before you even left on that trip. All those right. times, three or four or five times during the time you were gone, when you came home, which we were just saying was almost a year ago. And now here you are. I can't even believe it. I can't believe it either. So what's <laughs> it like? I mean, I loved that you wrote this wonderful blog about being home, being in Oregon, getting your driver's license. Give me a little idea of, of what's what are you feeling right now, Tess? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I I don't know what I expected when I came home, um, because as as I think I said about a year ago when we last talked, really the only reason I came home was because my bank accounts ran you know, lower than I felt comfortable. (laughs) And so I felt like I had to come back and, you know, work for a living for a while. Um, Otherwise, you know, if I had unlimited funds, I'm not sure I would ever come back to the States except to visit. I just, I love new cultures so much. And it's just, it's now ingrained in me. Um, So, you know, I don't know what I expected when I came home. And I ended up coming home to my hometown in Portland, Oregon, where I grew up, uh, mostly because my parents have a beautiful home with an extra bedroom. And they were like, yeah, you know, we haven't seen you in three years. So why don't you come and stay with us? And it's funny because I have not lived here in 25 years not since my first job out of college. And I always swore that I would never come back because I felt like it wasn't big enough for me. And I've lived in Boston and Los Angeles and now Bangkok. And I was like, no, oh, no, you know, I'm just going to be here for a couple of months and then I'm going to, you know, figure out where else I want to go, some big city. Um, or I also really thought, and this, I wrote about this, I thought that I was going to want to be somewhere new. Um, because I have, you know, in my blood now, I have this, I'm kind of a junkie for that feeling of being somewhere and, and being able to explore it and everything being new and, you know, just having that opportunity to figure out where you are and the culture of where you are, you know, no matter whether it's here in the United States or abroad. So I figured that I was going to want to be somewhere that I'd never been, that I'd never, that I'd never lived. And the longer I stayed in Portland, the more I realized that actually I was tired. Uh, My brain and my body were tired of the stress, 
that you don't even realize is happening when you live abroad. But when you are struggling um, in a place that is so unfamiliar, even though I lived in Bangkok for two and a half years, every time I walked out the door, it was new. And I didn't speak the language. And it wasn't my culture. And it wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my food and my streets and all that. That is exhausting, which I didn't know until I came back. And I was just like so relieved to be in my hometown where I know how to get places, where I know people. I didn't have to make new friends. I had my family here, familiar restaurants. And it was a relief to my system, I think. And so I've ended up staying here and kind of fallen back in love with this city. It's a wonderful city. I don't know how long I'm going to be here, um, but the work I have, I can kind of do from anywhere. So it's been a revelation to me. If you asked me a year ago, I would have said, no way would I still be in Portland. But here I am, and I'm really, you know, I think happy is a problematic word. I'm very content in where I am for now. And I also know from my travels that nothing is permanent. You can always pick up and leave. Um, you know, it might be harder for, in some situations than others, but it's always possible. So I'm just taking it kind of, you know, one day, one month, one year at a time. And for now, this is working. Well, knowing you, Taz, it's you're always going to pick up and go. I'm, I, you know, we follow you yeah. on Facebook and uh, just kind of keeping up with you. And y- you seem to have a, a, I don't know, just a natural wonderlust. Uh, and it, and for oh, you, yeah. yeah it uh, now that, and I want to talk about this when we come back. Being abroad and and being in all those different countries. You know, very exotic, like you said, very challenging. But I know you. You like to just pick up and go places right here in your own backyard. And I want to talk about that a little bit more uh, because since you've been back over that year, you've had quite a bit of adventure. And, you know, how we can kind of compare and contrast a little bit between what it was like to be in these foreign places and having everything new to literally just getting in your car and taking a road trip and boom, all of a sudden you're in this uh, situation where you are, you know, jumping down on your feet and making things happen. So Tess Tess Figlin is here talking to us from Portland, Oregon. She's back. We'll be back. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game. What better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle? Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on 
Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm excited because I am back in conversation with Tess Viglin. Tess is talking to us today from Portland, Oregon. And, you know, Tess, after all these years that you were, well, for one thing, you spent quite a, quite a bit of time preparing to go on this journey, uh, what, at least a year, right, before you left in 2015? No. Oh, more? No. Oh, sure? No, actually. <laughs> much shorter. Okay, yeah, remind actually, me. You know, that's kind of, yeah, so I basically, uh, I had a book that was coming out in 2015, and I was also in the middle of the end of my marriage, and so we were selling our house, and I was a freelancer at the time, so I didn't have a full-time job, and, you know, we I just kind of looked around, and I was like, you know what? I don't have anything tying me to anything or anyone right now or anywhere. And so I decided six months before I left that I was going to go. And then I didn't, honestly, Marilyn, I, I didn't plan anything. The only thing I knew was that uh, we were moving out of the house and that I was going to put all my things in storage and that I was going to move abroad for an indeterminate amount of time. And the, the only reason I went to Vietnam was because I found a cheap ticket, <laughs> a cheap one-way ticket, and I knew it was going to be cheap to live there. So uh, that's all I knew when I left on December 10th of 2015. Uh, I had not planned. I had no idea what my life was going to look like. I kind of thought that I might spend maybe four months in Asia, four months in Africa, four months in South America, and then come home. And then I forgot to come home. <laughs> and you went to many so, more places. You know, it, I did. I did. Yeah, as you said, I went to 20 countries in less than three years. And so so I really, I didn't plan. And that was very unusual for me at the time because I've been a planner my whole life. I've planned everything down to the most minute things in my life. And for some reason, I just had this this bug in my head that I was like, you know, I'm just going to go. And that's how I traveled. Well, I didn't do a lot of planning. I would just go somewhere and kind of see where it took me. You did. You just kept bouncing around. But you did find a little yeah. stability. You you settled there in Bangkok for a while and kind of used that as your jumping off point. Exactly. And that's sort of what you're doing now, I would imagine, now that you're back and you're in Portland that... You know, like you were saying earlier, that's the jumping off point. But I want to I want right. to back up just a bit uh, to when you did come home, because we did have a, a show. We talked about what it was like when you got home and and you kind of did something. I don't know whether it was impulsively or not. I'm not going to say because now I it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. It was a quick decision. Six months. But when you got home and you took that road trip and you went down to California and did all that, was that something you had planned or was that kind of, I'm just going to get in the car and go take a road trip? I'm just going to get in the car and go take a road trip. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was, before I decided to do that, and that was early November of 2018, um, I was, I think I was actually a little depressed to be home. Um, I missed the traveling. I missed my friends abroad. I missed, you know, that newness that I was talking about that I kind of, I kind of got addicted to it, that, you know, landing somewhere new and having to figure it out and, and just enjoying that process. And so here I was in my hometown and I was like, what am I doing here? And I didn't know what I wanted to do for work. I didn't know where I wanted to live. And I finally was like, you know what? I need, I need to 
I need to do what I've been doing for the last three years, only do it here, and I need to go. Um, now, I went someplace, I went to L.A., where I lived for 15 years, so it's not like I was going somewhere unfamiliar. But I decided to get in the car without kind of knowing which direction I was going to go on the way down, uh, which direction I was going to go on the way back. And what ended up happening was I got to L.A., and this was right before Thanksgiving of 2018, and I saw this plea go out on Facebook from the public radio station in Northern California that was dealing with the aftermath of the fire in Paradise, California, which absolutely leveled the entire town. Um, some you know, 19,000 structures were destroyed, 40,000 people without homes. It was, it was extraordinary. Anyway, they had two reporters and put out this plea, and I was like, you know what? I have my car. I have a suitcase and I have time right now, I'm going to go help. And so I ended up, and this was, this was the beauty of this freedom that I feel like I have just personally within me to just follow my gut now, which I didn't used to do, and now it's all I do. And I ended up going there and helping them out for three weeks, um, helping out the community figure out how it was going to recover from this calamity of a lifetime. Um, and it was the most challenging, rewarding, and fulfilling thing I've ever done in my 30-year careers in journalism. It was just, you know, it was where I was supposed to be. And this is, this is like how it's been for me ever since I started traveling. I think traveling gives you that sense of anything can happen and that you need to follow your instinct on what you're doing. And that's what I did in this situation, and that's what I continue to do um, in my life, in my work. And, you know, again, I understand this is not something that everyone can do in their lives, but I think it's good to at least explore that for yourself, um, even, even to a small extent. You know, you and I have talked about this. Take a, take a road trip somewhere within 50 miles of your, of your hometown where you've never been, where you've never explored. See how that makes you feel, and I think you'll like it. I think you're so right on. And and following you during that time, that horrific, uh, just, it, you can't even put your, I can't even put my no. head around it, and I wasn't there to witness no, it. No, it is, I've never seen anything like it. It, it. it was the equivalent of how my imagination kind of pictures a nuclear holocaust. Mm. It it just, the there were three towns that were, well, paradise was leveled, and two others were, you know, really, really destroyed. And, you know, I mean, you had all these people who suddenly had no home, and they had no belongings, and it was just... And you drove around this town uh, that used to be this beautiful area out in the middle of, you know, these extraordinary tall trees, ponderosa pines, and it's all gone. Mm. It's just gone. And you imagine what that was like for people who fled. This fire moved so fast that people literally ran from their cars. There was so much traffic trying to escape that people left their cars. They abandoned their cars and ran. And so this, you know, this community is still almost a year later in, in shock and dealing with it. Um, and so, I, you know, I feel privileged that I was there to help tell their stories. Well, what you were saying about just knowing intuitively that you were in the place you were going to be, and 
and really, yeah. you know, thinking back on from the time that you made that decision to leave and to go and to explore and to try new things and really stretch yourself, uh, certainly, I think, would have, is what helped put that armor on and prepare you for for that being in that place at that time and being able to help. Undoubtedly. I have absolutely no question about that. I think you are spot on. You know, I think it, I think the kind of travel that I did, again, very unplanned, very spur of the moment, very, very explorative. I think it gave me a confidence in myself and again, in my gut and listening to it and listening to my soul tell me where I need to go and what I need to be doing. It's not, you know, that's not something that I've always done my whole life. This is real, like, this is a human change for me. And it is now serving me in ways that I never expected it to. And that's the beauty of travel is that it teaches you things, not just about where you are, but about who you are. And it helps you, I think, you know, you never become a, you know, like a different person. I don't believe that anybody really becomes a different person. You are who you are. But it brings something to your existence and how you lead your everyday life that is, I think, so beneficial. And again, you don't have to go 8,000 miles away like I did. You can do it locally. It's, it's, this, it's this thing in your brain that makes you an explorer. And when you are an explorer, you are able to say yes to things that are different and new for you. Well, Tess, there's there's everything right about that. Everything is right about that. And I have to say, too, sometimes just we can live vicariously through people like you who inspire us. So when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about the journey you're on now and and really dig a little bit deeper into the like you were talking, the intuition and, and being able to open up. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Tess Viglin. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. We've all been behind that person. She's ahead of you in the boarding process. She finally gets to her seat, and then she spends several minutes unloading items from her carry-on bag and purse that she needs with her. After that, she lifts her suitcase to the overhead bin, only to find that there isn't a spot directly next to her seat, and asks everyone to back up so she can stow her bag. Frustrating? Yes. Avoidable? Absolutely. Here's a great tip. Put all of your in-flight necessities, such as cell phone, charging cord, earbuds, glasses, snack, and hand sanitizer, in a resealable gallon-sized bag, pop it in an easy-to-access spot in your carry-on bag, and then grab it quickly, toss it into your seat, and stow your bag without delay. Your fellow passengers will appreciate the pre-planning, and you'll look like a travel pro. Thanks for listening. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. 
While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and it is time to catch up with our fellow traveler, Doc Lawrence, as he takes us along the Gourmet Highway. And today, Doc is in Magnolia Springs, Alabama. Well, Doc, I've heard Magnolia Springs is quietly tucked away on that Magnolia River in South Alabama, and it's the prettiest little town in the whole state. You must be really having a grand time. Hey, Marilyn. There's only one city in the United States where the United States Postal Service delivers mail by boat. But listen, don't waste your precious time trying to guess. I'm in the lovely village of Magnolia Springs, Alabama, right beside the Magnolia River. Now, I didn't make this up. This is a real place. I'm enjoying a glass of Chenin Blanc from Dry Creek Vineyards in Napa, and I'm sitting on the porch of a divine Victorian house. This is paradise, this is South Alabama, and that means coastal Alabama, and for those with an eye for accents, names, and features, this is Creole French Alabama. It's a little different, but it's deep south. Maryland, the French settled this area centuries ago after it had been part of New Spain. The blending of cultures, which included African and Native American, gave this part of the South a distinctiveness that you can see and enjoy today. The food, oh, it's amazing. There's rice galore, trout almondine, beignets, grillades and grits, and a love of fine wines and great whiskey, which gives it an awful lot of appeal to an old vagabond like Doc. Not far away is Mobile and places like Laidback, Fairhope, but my soul spoke to me and told me to stay right here and Magnolia Springs. Here the fishing is great year-round. The people are, of course, uniformly friendly, and many have great recollection of their fascinating ancestry. It's different, but it's not. You have to understand the makeup of this area to appreciate it. Now back to the boat mail delivery. That's so interesting. It was featured in the New York Times and in Southern Living, but I came here as a teenager many years ago. The mail route covers 31 nautical miles, think about that, and letters and packages go to 191 different residential boxes, all beside the water. Marilyn, how can I apply to be a mailman here? The ancient Episcopal Church is shining, as are the old, well-cared-for homes. The locals don't want you to leave, and I love being treated that way. Marilyn, tonight, I wish you were with us. I'm joining a group of Alabama writers at the spectacular Jesse's Restaurant, right by the water, of course. We're having crab meat cocktail, fresh stuffed baked pompano, local vegetables. We're going to finish everything off with the unofficial dessert of the state of Alabama, Lane Cake. More about that as we get near the holidays. And wine will be poured, of course. And I'm contributing a bottle of Jack Daniels for those who want to partake. So for now... This is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball and Speaking of Travel on the Gourmet Highway in magnificent 
Magnolia Springs, Alabama, saying, I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Well, Doc is a lover of Southern hospitality and living life at a slightly relaxed pace. Magnolia Springs sounds perfect. Now, you have fun, Doc, and remember, travel slowly. You can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, being on the highway is something my guest Tess Viglin has been doing quite a bit since coming back to the States after her long trip. And Tess, let's talk a little bit more about, you were talking about doing this road trip that you kind of just got in the car and said, I'm going to go down to California, to LA. I'm not sure I'm going to get there. And then all of a sudden your life was literally just shaken to the to the knees yeah. uh, by choice. You made that choice to hear that call and to go do that. You did it. You you ended up winning an award. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, actually, um, we were very fortunate to win multiple awards, um, but two really, really big ones in journalism. One is called the Gracie Award from the Alliance for Women in Media, uh, and I won uh, for Best Host Anchor nationally, which was just, just, I mean, it was the honor of a lifetime, truly. Uh, and I was uh, able to go back to New York to collect that back in June. And in a couple of weeks, actually, I'll be going back to New York um, for the National Edward R. Murrow Awards, which are really, you know, I mean, that's, it is a lifetime achievement. And I'm incredibly proud of, of our team and what we put together in the aftermath of Paradise. And, you know, again, I I feel like, that whole experience was was meant to be. I was meant to be there, and I was meant to help this newsroom through a chaotic time um, in its history and in the history of that town. And you know, these awards are awards are wonderful. I'm not going to pretend they're not, but I will tell you that the ability to help a community in crisis from one of the biggest catastrophes uh, the state has ever seen. That was the reward. That, that was the major reward. Um, and I think that's a reward that any journalist uh, covets. And I was really lucky to be able to do that. Well, we're also proud of you and, and proud of what they did at North State. It was North State Public Radio. Is that where you were? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. In Chico, Chico California. Chico, California. And I'm just going to put a little plug out there for them. They're doing their fun drive right now. And uh, it would be great if people could contribute. They still are in a lot of need and need a lot of help. And, I, you know, Tess, you and I both know that supporting others, the people-to-people connection that you find when you're traveling, making new friends. We were talking about earlier in the show and, um, you know, just being able to know, hey, I was there. We all pulled this together and made it happen and gave people the information that they needed. So I'm just going to put out there really fast, North State Public Radio. uh, It's part of California State University in Chico, California. Their phone number is area code 530-898-5896. And the web is mynspr.org. So just connect with them and say, hey, I heard... I heard this on Speaking of Travel with Tess Viglin, and I'd really like to help in any way I can. And Tess, that's just so exciting because you've been a part of uh, public radio for for a good portion of your whole career. Yeah, 30 years. 30 years. (laughs) 
And I can't believe I'm that old. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> you call it a lifetime achievement. Let's hope that you have a double amount of lifetime achievements <laughs> after this. I agree. I agree. Yes. But who would yeah, have no, thought? Thank you for that, Marilyn. I, you know, that will that will mean a lot to North State Public Radio. They are a, a tiny, tiny newsroom, and um, so you know, I I know it's probably maybe not people's local community, but they could really use the help because I mean, the, Paradise is that's going to be a ten-year project, um, and that's something that this newsroom is going to be covering for the next probably dozen years, if not more. Well, I remember when you were when you were out there and and putting out what what was going on and being able to be a public radio station that was so much more than that at that time. You became kind of the central uh, kind of foundation of communication. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when in a small city like that, as I'm sure many of your listeners can relate to, um, not only are there, you know, small newsrooms to begin with, but as you know, Marilyn, uh, newsrooms as a whole are being decimated across the country. And so, you know, I, I think it's so important for people to support their local news organizations, whether that's public radio or your, your local newspaper or even your local TV station, perhaps your public TV station. Um, they're the ones who are going to be there for you in times of crisis. And you know, you never know where that's going to be, where the next fire is going to be, the next flood, perhaps even the next mass shooting. And these are the times when communities count on their local journalists to keep them informed and let them know what's happening. Um, and I, you know, it makes me sad after 30 years in journalism to see this happening. Um, and so I, you know, I really encourage people to support their local news outlets. It's really important. Well, that to me is where the hope lies in that the people-to-people connection, being able to look past community lines and look at yes. our, our universe, our planet, our globe all together. Yes. So when Tess, Tess, when we come back, I want to talk more about um, I, where you are now and, and where you're going. <laughs> Okay. That's a lot of information. We're going to pack it in. (laughs) This is Marilyn Ball. I'm here with Tess Viglin, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on 
Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here. I was talking earlier in the show about reconnecting with old friends from back in the day. Well, Bill and I have known each other now, I guess, about five or six years, Tess. We met originally at the World Domination Summit out in Portland, Oregon. Right, yeah, and that was in 2013. Yeah, that was kind of the beginning for both of us on taking yeah. these going on these tracks and uh to places unknown and right you did it you're back i want to spend a little bit of time talking about are you still living at your parents house no um you know <laughs> i'm gonna digress here and say you know it's so funny because i did live with my parents and i, I ended up living with them for much longer than i expected about eight months Again, because I couldn't figure out where I wanted to live, like what city I wanted to live in and where I wanted to work and all that. So, you know, when I tell people that I lived with my parents for eight months, the the reaction is usually, oh, I'm sorry. And my, my response to that is, no, it was one of the most precious times of my life. I just turned 50. My parents are 75. And they're still together. They just had their 54th anniversary. And... I felt really lucky to be able to spend time with them at our respective ages. It was, you know, it was just this, most people don't get that opportunity at this age to spend quality time with their parents where you're just hanging out, right? And it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. And I would say, if you have a decent relationship with your parents, See if you can do this for a while, because I absolutely loved it. In fact, so much so that I had to force myself to get out and go get myself an apartment, um, which I did. And I'm now living downtown Portland, loving it. I've become this, um, like, no-car person. I'm rarely in my car. I leave it in the garage for seven, eight days at a time. And I take public transit, and I ride my bike, and I walk. And that's just that's not something I ever did in Los Angeles. So it's it's a big change, and I love it. Look at you. You're going through a, just all these changes. You're you're yes. evolving, let's say. And before we go any further, I want to give a <laughs> shout-out to your parents. Congratulations on being together still, because that is huge right there. So It's pretty amazing. It is it? amazing. Well, I love this lifestyle that you're talking about where you— you can you're in a city you're living downtown you're able to move about do all these different uh modes of transportation and seriously Tess in all those years you were traveling you used many modes of transportation to get around I did yeah I mean you know I did fly a lot which um you know that there's a there's a pressure these days for people not to travel and fly um, I kind of feel like there are much bigger and more effective ways for us to help clean up the world environment. Um, <laughs> and, you know, frankly, I'm not going to stop flying. I'm not going to stop traveling. Um, I think that that would make me a lesser citizen if I, if I did that. Um, just because, you know, I feel like, you know, same with driving. Like if you take a road trip, people can criticize you for that. And I'm not going to stop taking road trips. I'm sorry. Um, so you're probably going to get letters about that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I did a lot of public transit. Uh, Bangkok has the most incredible public transit system. It is clean and fast and efficient. It is marvelous and gets you to a lot of places in the city, not everywhere. 
Um, but I also, I also took long tail boats in Vietnam and Cambodia. Um, I took, you know, boats obviously for diving. Um, I took the train in Vietnam, which was a really interesting <laughs> experience. Uh, and then I took the bullet trains in Japan, which were phenomenal. Oh my goodness. If you ever have a chance to go to Japan and take the Shinkansen, it is, it is just incredible. You go like 200 miles an hour and you watch Mount Fuji go by. It's wonderful. Um, so yeah, I took all kinds of transportation while I was over there with the exception of a car. I didn't drive anywhere abroad because I was terrified. (laughs) I was, I was not going to drive in Bangkok. No way, no how. And also not in Saigon. (laughs) Well, you took the, you, you were very smart in doing that. And it sounded like you had so many other options and it, and it sounds like you have a lot of options now living in Portland, being able to uh, really get in your car, like you said, and, and take off on a road trip. Let's just, Let's spend a little bit of time. I, I want to hear where your where your head is right now, Tess. I mean, you're kind of settled in, and um, that might not last. Yeah. Now we know it could be six months, and you're out again. But give us an idea now, just kind of taking a deep breath, looking at all the travel that you've done, this incredible experience in uh, in California, and the work that you are doing and. And what is it like now for you, Tess? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Marilyn, because, I mean, I kind of, there is part of me that really misses being abroad, that really misses being in new countries with new people and new cultures. However, comma, there is really a part of me right now that feels nice and settled, which is, again, such a surprise to me that I would even feel this way at all, um, a year after moving back. Um, and I'm not sure what that is. I think there is a sense of relief and comfort to be in familiar and a familiar place and not for my brain, not to have to work as hard on a daily basis, just to function, which is how what you have to do if you're in a foreign country. Um, but I do still have a wanderlust and that is, that is making itself known in my constant desire to, to go on long road trips. Um, I did another trip down to California in August. Um, and the, the one thing that I did on that trip is when I came back home, I came up uh, the 395, which is most people go from Portland to L.A. on the 5, on the Interstate 5. I went up the 395, which took me through the Mojave Desert. It took me through the Owens Valley, through Mammoth, and I had been on that road so many times because, again, I lived in L.A. for 15 years. But one thing that I did on this trip back to Portland is I stopped at places that I had never been before. Even though I had been on that road so many times, I felt this need to go do something different. And so uh, one example is I stopped in Manzanar, which is... Um, one of the preserved Japanese internment camps from World War II. And that was a fascinating experience. I encourage people to go and visit one of those if they can. Um, and then I also stopped in this uh, national forest called the Bristlecone Pine Forest. And again, I had passed it so many times before living in California, but I felt like I wanted to go somewhere that was new to me. And this is what I've been talking about, that there is this thing that's just sitting inside me now 
that where I had this need to experience a new place, a new area, a new culture, a new whatever it is. And so I went up to 10,000 feet and did this marvelous hike by myself in the middle of this extraordinary forest where there are, these trees are 4,000 years old. They are older than the Egyptian pyramids, and they're still alive. They're the oldest living organism in the world, on the planet. So, you know, that was, a, that was this marvelous experience, and I was out there by myself, and, you know, I've learned that I really enjoy being solo um, when I travel. I haven't yet tried to travel with someone else since I got back from this three-year solo travel. So I enjoy these solo road trips as well. It, it clears my head, and it, it lets me kind of have that travel experience that I had abroad when I'm going to places that are new and different to me. And again, this is, this is the state where I lived for a long time. But I made a point to go to places that were new to me. And that's, that's how I'm kind of trying to feed that need that I have. Um, I'm gonna, I do, I've done that here in Oregon, where I grew up. I mean, I was here for, you know, 20 years growing up. So I think that's something that everybody can do. You can feed a wanderlust. Just go to places that are unfamiliar to you, even in places where you've lived for a really long time. And it'll feel great. And that's kind of, that's what I'm doing. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks, but after that, I have no travel plans. I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel the need to get back in the water and scuba dive again, but I'm just taking it kind of as it comes. Well, I'm going to give you another option, Tess. You come to Asheville and let me show you around the Great Smoky Mountains <laughs> National Park and Cherokee Indian Reservation and places that you've never been. That. It will be a little bit of Appalachia coming at you. So, well, Tess, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel. I want to keep up and let's just make this part of 2020. We catch up, we tune in, see where you are. Just Let's just keep doing it. I'm always happy to talk with an old friend. Thank you, Tess. Well, you go out and have a wonderful day, and we'll keep following you on Facebook. That's Tess Viglin. You also have a website, Tess. What is that website? It's uh, TessUntethered.com. Well, there you go. All right, Tess. Well, you go off. It's still early for you, and thank you again, and we'll keep up. This is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. So this week, go out and do something new. I don't care if you just drive 20 or 30 minutes outside your neighborhood. Just go. Get in your car. Take a little road trip. Get out. Meet some new people. Eat some new food. Again, get in that experience of trying something new. You won't regret it because you know what? Life is short. Don't postpone joy. 